Hello, I'm Kathy Davidson, and I'd like you to join me as I minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. It's open with prayer. My Heavenly Father, for all that are listening and all that are watching, open our eyes that we can see. Open our ears that we can hear. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light. The power of Satan and you. Father, I ask for a spirit of grace on this message. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's start today off with a great song done by the Water of Life Quartet. It's the book of Exodus, sung to a great beat. to lead his children out of bondage. He said he'd free them from Pharaoh's evil hand. He said he'd guide and protect them on their journey and lead them to the promised land. God slew a slain to Peter, and so God took Moses by the hand. He said, Moses, tell Pharaoh to set him free. Oh, Moses wanted a way to get out, because in his mind he's beginning to doubt. said, oh, no, Pharaoh, he ain't going to listen to me. The Lord said, Son, throw down that rod. And Moses did. He cried to God, because he turned to a snake as evil and wicked as sin. Then he cried again with an awful wail. But the Lord said, Seize him by the tail. So Moses did, and it turned to a rod again. God promised to lead his children out of bondage. He said he'd free them from Pharaoh's evil hand. He said he'd guide and protect them on their journey. And lead them to the promised land. The Lord said, Moses, I've got power, and I'll be with you every house, and I'll tell Pharaoh to set my children free. So Moses did, and the Lord helped out, he sent the flames to the land of Bible. So Pharaoh told him to go and let them be. And they started out with a cloud that day, and a fire by night to lead the way, until Pharaoh suddenly decided to change his mind. He gathered together his soldier band, got all the chance throughout the land, said, I'll let the Israelites go some other time. God promised to lead his children out of bondage. He said he'd free them from Pharaoh's evil hand. He said he'd guide and protect them on their journey and lead them to the promised land. When they came to the banks of the old red sea, they turned to Moses and started fleeing. So Moses fell to his knees right there in the sand. And the Lord said, Moses, trust in God. All you gotta do is raise that rod, and over these mighty waters stretch forth your hand. So Moses followed the Lord's command, and the waters parted, and then the sand they saw a path that led to the other shore. When the ground was dying, they passed on through, though Pharaoh's army thought they would too, but the waters fell, they'd never been seen no more. God promised to lead his children out of bondage. He said he'd free them from Pharaoh's evil hand. He said he'd guide and protect them on their journey, and lead them to the promised land. God promised to lead his children out of bondage. He said he'd free them from Pharaoh's evil hand. He said he'd guide and protect them on their journey and lead them to the promised land. God promised to lead his children out of bondage. He said he'd free them from Pharaoh's evil hand. He said he'd guide and protect them on their journey and lead them to the promised land. Lead them to the promised land and lead them to 
ever been here? I remember the day I was standing in my kitchen. I had four children, and we were walking through some very tough times. Oh, Mom, I've been there. I had to fix dinner for the evening, and I looked in my pantry to see what we had to eat because I knew we didn't have a lot. I found nothing but about six large potatoes. And I looked around in the refrigerator, and I looked around in the freezer. You know what? That's about all we had. I had a little cheese, had some butter, and I thought, you know, Lord, thank you that we at least have potatoes to eat. Oh, there was no money to go to the grocery store. No, we didn't have any money right then at that time. There was no money to go buy food. There was no money, honey. But the only thing we had to feed a family of six were potatoes. So I took the potatoes out and I was washing them in the sink and I was thanking God that he supplied our food for that night. If nothing but baked potatoes we were going to eat, I figured I'd fill them with anything I could find and we'd have stuffed baked potatoes. I knew a little cheese, a little butter, maybe some sour cream. And as I was standing in the sink thanking God that he supplied my needs and you know how he supplied them? By that gospel. By the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, I was thanking him that when Jesus died, he paid the price for my prosperity. and He paid the price for our supplies. While I was standing there washing those potatoes, a knock came to our front door. And I walked to the front door, opened it up, and there standing in front of me was a neighbor. He lived about two houses down. He was a Baptist preacher. And he had in his hand a big platter. And on that platter were these fillets of fish. All filleted, beautiful looking fish. And he looked at me and he said, Kathy, I had a great day today fishing. I have more than I can eat. And my wife won't let me put any more in the freezer. Can your family eat them? Would you have them? Oh, I said, sir, thank you. We would love to have your fish. I've had them before. I think they were sand bass here in Texas. And we said our goodbyes. I closed the door and I looked at the fish that God supplied. Do you know why that Baptist preacher had such a good day fishing? Because God knew that his daughter and her family needed some fish to eat that night for dinner. You know what we had that night for dinner? The best fish and chips dinner you have ever eaten. Oh, I had the oil. I had the breadcrumbs. Oh, we had a wonderful dinner of fish and chips. Do you know why that happened? Do you know why God supplied? Because I believed the gospel. Because I knew the gospel, revelation of it in the heart. I believed it and God supplied. Do you want that kind of life? Do you want where God supplies miraculously? Well, that's what we've been looking at in all these messages. Let's take a look again. We're going to go to Mark 1, 14 and 15. Because this is the instruction that Jesus gave in one of his very first messages. And in this will tell you how you can walk in that kind of gospel power where God is doing miracle after miracle for you on your behalf. Not just the preacher, not just the evangelist, but the woman behind the sink with children, with the person that has to work a job, 
Yes, that's what the gospel is for. That's where the power works. You learn how to do it at home. You learn how to walk with your family, with your finances. That's when you learn how to walk. That was my education in the Bible, was walking in the Spirit with God, the Holy Ghost teaching as he went. And this is one of the things he taught. Mark 1, verse 14. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, preaching the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God, and saying, the time is fulfilled. And the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent you and believe the gospel. We talked about the kingdom in our previous messages. The kingdom. We know in 1 Corinthians 4 that the kingdom of God is not in word only. Oh, you can speak that kingdom out of your mouth. But it's power coming out of your mouth. Not in word only. The kingdom of God is in power. It's in power. That power can be in your words, but it is not just words. It has to have the power with it. And we also know that Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you, within you. So when you are walking in the kingdom, that power is in you. It comes out of your mouth. It comes out of your hands. It comes out of the heart. And then we also know that Jesus said the Father's desire, it is his good pleasure to give you the kingdom, to give you the power. Do you know that God wants you to walk in this power? If your church has no power, if there is no one getting healed, if there is no miracles in your church, then the kingdom of God is not in your church. You need to go find one that does have that power, have that kingdom. And you know how you're going to know that has the power in the kingdom? They preach the gospel. That's what Jesus said. He said, for that power, the kingdom of God is at hand. He said, repent you and believe the gospel. Believe the gospel. Repent you. Change the way you're thinking. Change what you have your trust in and trust in the gospel. Change what you're adhering to and adhere to the gospel. Change what you have committed to and commit to the gospel. That is repentance. Changing your will. Changing what you believe, what you trust in. You know, if your trust is in the world, then God can't help you. Your trust has to be in the gospel. It has to be in the gospel. Jesus said, repent and believe. Trust in, adhere to, commit to the gospel. That's what brought the fish that day. That's what fed my family from that day forward when there was no money. When there was no way to even see that there was money coming, God always supplied. He always supplied as we learned how to walk in the power that the gospel provides now. I want to put in your heart the revelation of the gospel. I want you to know that you know that you know that Jesus died for you, that he was buried, and that he rose again for you. That's what we trust in. And I have said before that 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 and 4 have 
the actual definition of that gospel that you need to know, that you need to trust in. And that gospel is, according to 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3, that Jesus died according to the scriptures. According to the scriptures. He didn't make it up as he went along. It all happened according to the scriptures. And that he was buried. And that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That is the gospel. Now, I want to take a look at something about the gospel. I want to take a look at an aspect here that you may have never considered. I want you to go to Leviticus 4. I'm going to set the groundwork. This, in Leviticus, is what happened when a person committed a sin. Now, when you are under the law of Moses, it says here that if you commit a sin, there were certain things that you needed to do, except the Ten Commandments. If you committed one of the Ten Commandments, there was no sacrifice to fix your sin. You were stoned to death. For those of you that want to walk in the Ten Commandments, do you know that there was no atonement for the Ten Commandments? If you committed adultery, you got stoned. No mercy. If you got caught lying with two or three witnesses, you got stoned. No mercy. You were put to death. No mercy. None. We don't want to live in the Ten Commandments. We want to live what what Jesus brought. He brought the gospel. He brought mercy. Let's take a look. Leviticus 4, verse 28. Or if a man sin, which he has sinned, come to his knowledge. And that's not the Ten Commandments. He said, then he shall bring his offering, a kid of the goats, a female or a lamb without blemish, for his sin that he has sinned. And look at this. I mean, when he gets to the tabernacle, he's going to lay his hand on the head of that sin offering, that sheep or that goat. And right there, his sin is going to transfer to the lamb or the goat. That sin transfers. And in front of him, in front of his face, It says they shall slay the sin offering in the place of the burnt offering. They're going to kill that sheep that took on that sin right in front of you that committed it. And the priest shall take the blood therein with his finger and put it on the horns of the altar of a burnt offering. And he shall pour out all the blood of that animal and put it on the bottom of the altar. And he shall take away all the fat thereof. And as the fat is taken away from off the sacrifice of the peace offerings, and the priest shall burn that sacrifice on the altar for a sweet savor unto the Lord. And when they do that, after they've killed the animal and taken it apart and burned it on the altar, it says the priest shall make atonement for that sin. And that sin, that the man sinned, not one of the ten, it shall be forgiven him. Now, I want to show you that was called a shadow of what is really going to happen. I want to show you the truth. I want to show you what Jesus brought. I want you to go with me to John 1, 29. And as we go there, I want you to consider this. Can you imagine how many, how many lambs, how many goats, how many oxen were offered over and over and over again for sin? And we know by reading the word of God that this kind of atonement only covered the sin. It didn't take it away. It didn't take it out of the conscience. It was still there. It was only covered. 
But the New Testament, the new covenant that Jesus brought had something far, far better. And we're going to take a look at it. John 1, 29. This is an amazing occurrence. This is John the Baptist. John the Baptist had an idea about the gospel long before anybody else did. The Father revealed it to him. Of course, he revealed it to Isaiah and all the prophets. But John saw something in Jesus that we need to pay attention and hear. It says, In the next day, John the Baptist seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. John the Baptist knew. He knew when he saw Jesus coming, there was the sacrifice. There was the man that was going to take sin away from the world, actually deal with all sin. But I want you to take a look at some of the first words he said. He said, Behold the Lamb of God. Under the old covenant, the only way sin was atoned for was by taking a lamb or a goat or an oxen and take it to the priest to sacrifice over and over and over and over. Can you imagine how many hundreds of thousands and millions of animals were sacrificed for those sins? Man bringing out of his own flocks those lambs and goats and oxen for his own sin. But John the Baptist said here, listen what John the Baptist said. He said, behold the lamb of who? Behold the lamb of Sam? Behold the lamb of Isaiah? Behold the lamb of Jerry? No. What did he say? He said, behold the lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God. John the Baptist knew Jesus was the Lamb God provided. Did you know God provided a Lamb? His name is Jesus. He said, Behold the Lamb of God. And what is this Lamb of God, this person, going to do? Which taketh away the sin of the world. That Lamb. Go with me to Hebrews 10. And I'm going to begin in verse 5. This is Jesus speaking out of the man that wrote the book of Hebrews. He said, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not. He said, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not. This is Jesus speaking to the Father. And look what he says to the Father. Look what he says. This has to do with you and I. He said, sacrifice and offering, thou wouldest not, but a body, but a body thou hast prepared me. Did you know that God provided Jesus with a body? God provided Jesus with a body. God provided Jesus with a body. He was going to need one. You know, Jesus was with the Father in the very beginning, Proverbs 8. 
Jesus helped the Father. They created the earth. It said the Spirit moved across the face of the waters, and then they spoke. Look at that word God. It's plural. The Father created the world through Jesus. Jesus was there at the beginning. And Jesus knew at the very beginning he was going to have to come and die for you. He was going to have to pay for your sin, for my sin. He was going to have to take all the consequences of sin on his own body so we could be redeemed, so we could be forgiven, so we could be justified, so we could be sanctified, so we could have prosperity, so that there would be no more curse. Jesus was going to have to come to earth and be our substitute. But for him to do that, he was going to need a body. He was going to need a body. Why? The gospel says Jesus died according to the scriptures. So we know he had to die. He had to die. And for him to die, he was going to have to lay down his godly ability, his godly power, his divinity. He was going to have to lay it down. Philippians speaks of that, how he emptied himself of all his godly ability. Why? Because he had to become a man like you. Not just like your preacher, not just like your priest, not just like your evangelist. He was going to have to become a man like you. He was going to have to take your place on the cross. He was going to have to do it as a man. And you know what? If he's going to do it as a man, he's going to need a man's body. And it says right here in Hebrews, but a body hast thou prepared me. Jesus had a body and that body began as a baby. And that body grew. Jesus grew, walked as a man, just like you and I. He was filled with the Holy Ghost and he went around doing miracles. But there came a day, there came a day when he went to the cross. In verse 6 in Hebrews 10, it says, In burnt offerings and sacrifice thou hast had no pleasure. All those lambs, all those goats, all those oxen. It says here, In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sins thou hast had no pleasure. And then verse 7, Then said I, Jesus speaking, lo, I come, I come. In the volume of the book, it is written of me to do whose will to do thy will, O God. Jesus came. God provided a body. And that body had to be sacrificed. That body had to die. You can't kill a God. And Jesus to pay for our sin because the wages of sin is death was going to have to die. You can't kill a God. Jesus had to die on the cross as a man. As a man. Oh, it was the spirit of Jesus in that body. It was the spirit of Jesus from heaven. But he had no godly powers. He had no divinity. He had humbled himself, took on the flesh of Abraham, took on our flesh, became a man like us so he could be that sacrifice. That was the will of God. And he died paying for your sin, 
All that sin that you and I committed went on that body and he gladly took it. He gladly took your sin and he paid for every bit of it. Every sin that you have ever committed and every sin you will commit was put on the body of Jesus. In Isaiah 53 says, the father laid on Jesus as he was on the cross through the eternal spirit, your sin. Do you see it there? Do you see it on that body? Do you see Jesus paying for your sin? Oh, consider it. Meditate on it. Oh, put it in your heart. That's where your sin went. And he died. And that sin was completely paid for. In Isaiah 53, when Jesus was in hell paying for your sin, it says the father saw the travail of Jesus' soul and he was satisfied. He was satisfied. Do you hear me? The father saw Jesus in hell paying for your sin. And he was satisfied. Isaiah 53, he saw the travail of Jesus' soul and he was satisfied. Therefore, God raised him from the dead. Your sin was paid for. You don't have to carry that sin anymore. Jesus carried it. Jesus carried it. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight, he said, Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Why? Because Jesus paid for that sin. Jesus paid for it. You don't have to carry it one more day. Bring it to Jesus. Bring it to Jesus. He already paid for it. Show it to him. Tell him what it is. And you know what? He promised that when we confess our sins, he is just and righteous to forgive us our sins. And not only that, he'll cleanse you of it. That sin that has bothered you night and day, bring it to Jesus. Bring it to Jesus. He paid for it. Thank God he paid for it. He'll forgive it and he'll cleanse you of everything that caused that sin in the first place. Do you want this? Do you want that relationship where you and the Father walk together and Jesus walks with you? Then you must be born again. And I will lead you in a prayer that you can be born again, that you can walk with Jesus, that he will fix what needs fixed in you. I love the comparison that somebody said they said, you know, you don't wait till the bleeding stops to go to a hospital. Well, don't wait to try to fix yourself before you go to Jesus. You'll find out you can't, but he can. Pray this prayer with me. Let's be born again. Jesus, come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Lead me. Teach me. Fix me. And I ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. 
Jesus said, those that come unto me, I will in no wise cast out. Amen. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would like to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. That's kd at kdwol.com. Or you can write her at Kathy Davidson, Post Office Box, 94 1925, Plano, Texas, 75094. You can also find her on the internet at her website, kdwol.com, and on Facebook and also YouTube. Until next time, God bless.